Welcome everyone to House on Fire and Austin Oaks Church Parenting Podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today I have Courtney and Jeremy Oliver on with us. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing well. Glad to be here. Yeah, super glad to have you guys on the podcast with us. Um, so tell us a little bit about each of you and whatever fun facts that you would like to share um, and about you guys' family so we can get to know you guys a little bit. <clears throat> um, my name is Jeremy. Um, we've been coming to Austin Oaks for about 15 years, uh, married for about 15 years. Um, have three amazing kids, um, enjoy coaching their teams, being with the uh, – Spending time with them, woodworking, barbecue, um, yeah. and, uh, you know, just having fun. Now, when you coach, is it baseball or soccer or? Um, I've coached basketball, okay. uh, baseball, and football. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And then are you like a traditional smoker or do you have a Traeger? Uh, no, man. Straight stick burner. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. I like it. Courtney, what about you? Um, I'm Courtney, and I've was born and raised here in the Austin area and um, Jeremy and I met in eighth grade. So we've been friends and eventually got married and have three kids. Like Jeremy said, Taylor is 13. Kyle is 11 and Brody is seven. So they're here in the children's ministry and just grown up here in this church. So, so 15 years ago. So I guess the campus was already here then, but it wasn't that old, I guess. It was fairly new. I think 2001 or something was when this campus started. Anyway. Yeah. um, Yeah, it was still fairly new Okay, um, when we came, when we started coming here. Yeah. And then my daughter's favorite person in the world is your daughter, Taylor. So she talks about Taylor like all the time. Yes, Uh, Taylor loves her Because she serves in children. I don't know if she still serves in children's. She she kind of volunteers as needed because she also does the youth. Yeah. At the Mm. 11 o'clock. Yeah. So I know that Paisley, I guess, before COVID, uh, I guess it's an 11 o'clock hour, I guess right. is when right. So mm-hmm. she served. And so Paisley talks about your guys' daughter all the time. So oh, that's awesome. Um, so uh, what areas of the church do you guys kind of find yourselves uh, serving in like currently or in the past? And just so that way, if folks are listening, then they uh, hear your name and they're in that area of serving in the church, they can maybe pick your brain and ask you more questions about what we talked about today. <laughs> well, um, I guess about five or six years ago, I started in, which was the, I think the birds class or the fish class where three year olds okay. and, um, moved, moved up with them each year. And then I think a year later, Jeremy started serving with me so we could serve together. Yeah. And, um, up until COVID happened, we served together every, um, every other month. And so yeah. I think they're fourth fourth graders now mm-hmm. so right okay. now currently we're not serving in the children's ministry i've kind of moved over to helping the youth ministry and yeah. um helping serve on wednesdays and yeah just different things there so for sure good deal good deal well today we're going to be primarily talking about <clears throat> uh what does it look like to be simply about jesus in your home and this is kind of the um, kind of the direction and vision that we have for our church. And ultimately, like scripture is like, we need to make much of God in our lives, glorify God, however you want to say it, but love God with all your heart, 
mind, soul, strength, and to love other people. And this is what God commands in the scripture. And so the way we kind of say that around our church is to be simply about Jesus. And so um, would love for our conversation today just to be along those lines and not asking you to speak for every family that has ever had, uh, married couple has ever had kids, but just your guys' experience and the things that you guys have seen and um, the things that work for you guys and your family. And so, so what does it look like to be simply about Jesus in your guys' home? Well, I mean, I think it it is just kind of what you said, where it permeates everything that you, all your decision making, um, your parenting, your the example that you set for your children. Yeah. Um, so I mean, really, just applying that and and learning from the scriptures, and and not only are parents learning lessons, but exposing your children to that and and yeah. that process. So, um, just at a high level, that's kind of how it looks like for us. Um. I don't know if you want to add anything to that court. Yeah, I think it's just important for us, for our children to have their own relationship with the Lord and yeah. not just go to church on Sundays and, you know, know the scripture, but actually have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, so just modeling that in our everyday life, talking about it in the car or when an issue comes up, like bringing Jesus into it. And yeah. um, we try every decision we make, like to pray about it or to talk things through with them. I mean, of course, we don't always do it, but as much as possible, we try to bring yeah. Jesus into just our everyday lives. For sure. Now, are you guys a family that has like, here's the a handful of things that you are intentionally doing? Like, and I know every phase is different. Like when I first started taking Paisley to school, I had not, I didn't think of this at all, but I was like, well, it's about a two minute drive. And so we memorized Bible verses. Um uh, on the way to school. And I didn't, like, that was not an intentional thing. It just like pops my mind and then I made it intentional. So that's kind of what we do. Um, so she's maybe got 12 to 14 Bible verses memorized. I did not go into this year, like with this amazing plan for this to happen, but it just kind of happened. Are there specific things that you guys have like rhythms in your life that, so that way that you guys are staying on track with where you guys want to be spiritually in your home? Um, well, so there are a couple of things. So, um, you know, when we, similar to you, when we take the kids to school, we have a little bit, uh, longer drive from Buda up to Strickland school, um, yeah. on Manjack. And, um, so, you know, we would, we started just, we would pray every day, every morning before we get to school, I would pray. And then that kind of developed into having one of the kids pray and, and kind of, teaching them that mm-hmm. you're, you're not praying for results. You're praying for, you know, uh, not to get good grades, but yeah, Lord, help me be disciplined. Help me be respectful. Help me be loving. Help me be kind. Those kinds of things. For sure. Um, and, um, and then I read a, a book and talking about specifically by, uh, about being intentional, um, and reading the Bible. So then we started, um, reading Proverbs. Um, so one of them would read a chapter in Proverbs every morning. Um, I haven't been as good at that directing it, but it was neat. Um, the other day, Court was telling me that our youngest Brody said, "Hey, um, you know, we we need to we haven't read our proverbs, so you know that that's kind of neat seeing yeah. that, that. Okay, well, shoot, you know, I need to be better about that for sure. And is that done in the car as you guys drive, like the reading the proverbs at like around the breakfast table before you leave? Like, what does that look like? Um, it should be in the, in the car. Like that's what I want it to be. Yeah. It's just as we're going there that they're getting that, yeah. um, before they get sent off for the day, um, getting into the summer, you know, 
I mean, we've done it in the morning. We've done it, you know, after dinner, before bed. Yeah. You'll just um, kind of adapt depending on what phase of the year you're in, school or summer and that kind of thing. Right. But, you know, any, anytime you break that oh, uh, habit where you're going from in the car on the way to school to yeah. that's not happening every day is, okay, well, I got to make sure yeah. uh, that we do that every day. Yeah. No, for sure. And a lot of times Jeremy will just say, here, read it, read off my phone, you know, read Proverbs, whatever day, like if today's the, you know, 21st, we read Proverbs 21 or, you know, cause there's yeah. one for each yeah. um, day of the, of the month. So, I mean, sometimes we're good about it. Sometimes we're not. We try to do our best of, you know, praying in the morning before we drop them off at school, like Jeremy said, and then also closing out the night, like before bed, you know, doing our prayer, doing a little devotional. I mean, some nights, you know, we're busy and just don't, don't get it done, but we do always try to in the, uh, in the day with prayer and start the morning off with prayer as well. Yeah. What's your, like the normal rhythm for the night thing, like workout, like for us, hate to admit it. My wife tends to lead it more than I do. Um, just cause there's e- evenings where I'm gone. But mm-hmm. so, I mean, man, since we've had kids, um, I remember the first song we ever sang to Paisley when she, when we'd rock her cause she was a wee little thing. Um, Lord, I need you. And then, uh, right, so every evening, um, you know, they're ready for bed, get PJs, brush teeth, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's been different Bibles that we'll read a little mm-hmm. story from, and then we'll pray and then uh, sing a song as well. Paisley always wants Waymaker, like for the last two stinking years. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then Maverick wants Jesus loves me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, homie, like we've been, we need, so <laughs> they just, it is, it's just the songs they like. And right. so, so, and that's almost every night that my wife almost, that hardly ever doesn't happen. Um, unless maybe Wednesday nights, cause they're at, uh, family's house, you know, because we're at, at the church, you know, hanging out with students, whatever. So on that night, it's kind of like you drag them out of the van, they're still passed out and you <laughs> throw them in bed basically. But so what's that kind of, how, how does that look like for you guys? And maybe it's looked differently, you know, when they were younger versus mm-hmm. the phase that they're in now, but maybe just give us an idea of what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up doing like the songs and before bed doing the prayer we usually say the lord's prayer before bed every night and then we say you know god bless daddy mommy every everyone in our family and so and that's what i did growing up so we do that now with our kids every night just before bed we say the lord's prayer and then add on you know whatever else is going on and um sometimes we'll read like a devotional or out of the children's Bible or Mm -hmm. one of them will read something, but, um, having the different age ranges, we try to keep, you know, it simple, but also applicable to everyone where they're not bored or, um, like, why are we reading this children's Bible when I'm 13, but also having a seven year old, he'll sometimes read out of his children's Bible and just kind of keep it like, Simple, not not such a ritual, but something like to in the in the day with the Lord. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that just because you know with Taylor being so I mean not so much over middle school and the other mm-hmm. two are elementary. Yeah, it's a big it's a big gap difference, I guess, in terms of you're reading you know a Bible with eight words on it. Right. You know, Taylor <laughs> may be like, well, okay, right. So, and, and I remember, I just now remember this when we had Maverick, we kind of did it separately. Mm-hmm. like we would put Maverick down and sing and pray with him and then put him down. And then we would do it with Paisley. And I was like, we probably, we should just do this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, yeah. um, but they're so closer in age. It's usually not a big deal, but at least yet it's not. Right. But um, yeah. So anyway, it's something that we're going to have to think about as ours get older. You mentioned a book, Jeremy, uh, that you read. 
And I think you're referring to like a, like not the Bible, but a, a, a different, like a parenting book or something you mentioned a few minutes ago. Right. Uh, what, what book was that that you read? Um, it was uh, Family Driven Faith um, okay. by uh, Dr. Bodie Bauckham, um, which that is actually one of three books that um, I've read that really um, pushes or touches some buttons um, as a father. Yeah. And kind of, it pulls out from the Bible what, what fatherhood is like and what we're called to do as fathers. Um, and when you say this is like one of three books you've ever read or no. parenting books, sorry. <laughs> uh, those, anybody <laughs> just, that knows me know it might be one of three books that I've read. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just curious. It's one of three books that he wrote that are kind of in okay. succession and, okay. and, and kind of start at a high level and then dive down okay. to, cool. you know, a, a the multiple aspects of it. Okay. So the other one is like fault lines and family shepherding. Um, family shepherding, um, fault lines is, is a different topic. Okay. But, okay. Um, gotcha. I just did a quick Amazon um, search here. So yeah. And the other one is, uh, um, what it, I think it's what it is to what a man needs to be to date my daughter. Okay. Um, which, wow. uh, that's a very good read as well. Yeah. You've got a daughter. So that, <laughs> uh, that would very much apply. Yes, sir. Very much. <laughs> Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, what are things that you guys have had to give up or to say no to, to keep your family and things at home simply about Jesus? Cause I mean, that's just a part of life and I'm learning that more than ever. And I really wish I was better at this, but, but I mean, so there's always things that you're going to have great things to say no to, or, or things that bump up against the biblical values that you have. And so what are things that you guys have had to say no to, to make sure that you guys are simply about Jesus in your home? Well, I mean, I think uh, there's, there's probably several items, right. Um, that, that we could take it. Um, you know, I, I know for me, um, in my career, even like something just, it seems simple, but you know, there, I've been I've been offered to move cities and and do those things, and you know I I don't want to be you know one that drags my family behind my career, yeah. um, because I mean there's there's lots of statistics right that show the consistency in the home, not just you know yeah. not just a house but a home, and yeah, um, I mean there's I just I just feel that that's important that consistency, and so you know if that means that that's got to pass me by, then so be it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you get into more granular things like you know, the world's just pulling every every which way, and yeah. and tells your kids, "Hey, you know, let's do this," or "I get to do that," and and there's just certain things that we just feel um, are important to to protect, you know, protect their eyes, protect their ears, protect yeah. their mind and their hearts. So, um, well, and I think too, um, saying saying yes to something means you're saying no to something, you know, so yeah. that struggle of, I yeah. mean, we, our children do sports, so that does take up a lot of our time, but as much as possible, we try to all be there at the game or all, you know, to stay together as a family. And, yeah. um, sometimes one's going here and, you know, one's going there, but, um, I think too, just like this day of technology, we've ha- we, for our family, we've said no to certain things like cell phones for our children at this age. And, um, we had a situation with one of our children where we were like, this could lead down a very scary road. And, um, you just don't know the intentions of people out there. And so we, for our family made the decision of at this time, you know, we're not 
allowing our daughter to have a cell phone. So just things like that where it's like, well, everybody else has one and why can't we do that? And we're like, for our family, this is what we're choosing to say no to. And, you know, we'll reevaluate reevaluate as time goes on and what 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 works for one family may not work for the other so that's something that I guess lately we've been struggling with like Mm -hmm. why can't I do this because you know all my friends do this and we have to explain why we're choosing to say no to this at this time and yeah so and like no no go ahead Jeremy well no it's just on that topic it's interesting just the different dynamic of the age groups is you know our seven-year-old you know some a lot of times you can just you know, quickly explain why you are or not doing something. Yeah. Um, and he's off and running. Um, whereas our, our eldest, you know, especially within the, the cell phone topic and explaining not only what our decision is, but also really getting into the why. Yeah, um, that's good. And those are important lessons and that we believe that, you know, we're preparing our kids to go out into the world where, you know, ultimately one day, they're going to have to filter all that. They're going to have to make those decisions. And so trying to walk them through the, the what and the why and, and, and really get their, get her buy-in to that. And, you know, I mean, she's, she's 13. She may not like it. um, And she may be upset about it, but, you know, I I think she definitely respects why we've come to that, that conclusion and for this time. Yeah, I think that's great. I've had to, I've, I've learned from other parents so the importance of of saying why, you know, like, you know, I mean, and man, because often I think, I mean, my kids are young, but I'm like, you don't have any authority. <laughs> the only authority you have is what I give you, and and that's what I think in my mind. And then and then the other one I often think is like, you don't have enough persistence. You think that you can out pressure dad, but you will not win this battle. So anyway, just the authority aspect, and so being able to instead of just state no or yes or like i want to do this and but explaining the why i think is really really helpful um Mm -hmm. and i'm assuming you do that more as they get older you probably don't do that or have to do that as much with the younger ones but i guess as they've gotten older um that that tends to be more of a conversation you've probably had right right and i mean i my my dad will tell anybody that how many times i would ask him why yeah um just on anything um from probably about the time i was the age of my youngest now um, it's why, 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 yeah. why, why? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because that's, that's hard for me to, I, I have to be, you know, diligent about explaining why. Yeah. You gotta think about it. You gotta right. figure out, I like you asking know? why, but I don't like answering <laughs> for why. Sure. And so that, you know, it's interesting how that works, but yes, um, our eldest does ask more questions and, uh, as to why and she'll, yeah. she'll, she'll push back, but you know, again, that's an opportunity to teach her that process. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. So I, I want to pry a little bit. So I guess in my observation, uh, I've noticed that a lot of dads will, you know, their career is a big deal. They're getting after it and, and they'll move if they have to and move family. And I've also noticed that eventually like kids get to an age where I've, I've had a good amount of conversations with dads who are like in the tech industry. And it's like, running and gunning and use and abuse. I mean, it's, they're working like 80 hour weeks and they eventually get to the point where they're like, this isn't worth it. I just want more of a steadier job with less money so I can be home more. But I don't hear a lot of dads in in my experience say, well, um, I'm not going to move and take a better job because I want more stability in my family. So I'd love for you to maybe like, why is that so important to you? Because 
I've, most people won't do that, at least in my observation. Most people aren't going to do that. They're going to see, well, I'm going to get paid $40,000 more, and I get commissions, and I get all of this X, Y, Z, and we get to move to a, a better city or, or whatever, and they're going to hop on that opportunity. So maybe just say a little bit more why behind that, because I think that's really good. I think it'd be really good for dads to at least consider you know, dragging your family around and and that's not always an op- I mean, if you're in the military, you don't really get a choice. So it's, but you know, so if you have the choice and for you to be able to ponder if that's something you're really going to do or not. So I'd love to pry into that a little bit more. Well, I am fortunate that, you know, I am in Austin, Texas, so I mean, yeah. you're not going to move to a better city, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, no, but kind of the, the rationale behind that is, uh, actually my mother, um, her, she grew up or my grandfather was in the army. And so they moved around a lot and, um, you know, I, I can see how, how and now that I'm adult looking back at how, you know, my mother and her friendships and, yeah. um, you know, just how that was a difficult thing for her because growing mm-hmm. up, she didn't really, you know, it was two years tops and then they're off to another city and yeah. sometimes they would have some familiar faces and, but a lot of times they wouldn't. Um, and so I find that. For me, you know, I, I don't want to define myself by what I am, what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm in banking um, for anybody that doesn't know. And um, I want to make sure that I define myself as a father, as a husband, um, as a coach, as a brother, all those different things. Yeah. Um, and banking is just kind of how I pay for, you know, the mortgage and yeah. the food and all that stuff. Um so that's really important is to give my kids that atmosphere where they it's familiar. It feels like a home yeah. um, with their friends, um, with school, with sports. And we're fortunate that a lot of our family, our expanded family, um, lives in this area. That's great. Um, so, again, that's something that, uh, you just, unfortunately, a lot of families don't get to experience. A lot of kids don't get yeah. to experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that's important. Yeah. Um, to have that infrastructure. And that that's kind of why we prioritize that over, you know, extra money. Yeah, for sure. Whatever. Well, and I've even noticed too, there, you know, there's been a culture for, I think quite a while where, and people just move wherever the work is or the job is. And, and but eventually it seems like most of those people get to a point where they're like, we want to go back home and be by family. Right. So instead of moving away and then eventually coming back closer to family, you, you can just stay, you know, and be by family all the time. Well, we, we've always been envious um, of people who've had grandma and grandpa and all that around. Mm-hmm. Cause we've never lived by family. We've always, you know, been, been away from family. And so, well, cool. Um, I'd like to chat for a few moments here about like just the social media stuff. Like I actually just uh, a youth pastor buddy of mine uh, sent me a link to on a, a YouTube video called social media dangers documentary, uh, childhood 2.0. And uh, it was a little scary, which most of it I already, I mean, being a youth pastor, I know a lot of this stuff. And, um, but so like, where are you guys at in terms of, is there no social media and like no cell phones at all for your kids right now? And if that's the case, when do you think you will eventually introduce that if you choose to? Well, uh, you know, I, I never actually have gotten into social media. So you don't have like a Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or I'm, I'm, I'm the unicorn. I've, okay. I've never had, do you have uh, a phone? I do have a okay. phone. <laughs> Sorry. I'm and it is a smartphone, but I probably, okay. I, I, 
I mean, email, phone calls, okay. text, that's it. So. That just means you have more time to do much more important things than everybody else. That's what that means. Uh, it's a good thing. You would think. You would think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe not, but just, yeah. Um, but, you know, that there's nothing inherently wrong with it, right? Um, it's just, you know, we had a, a, I think Courtney alluded to it earlier, that we had a pretty close call with one of our children with, you know, the somebody on the other side of the screen reaching Mm -hmm. out to them. Um, And, you know, I mean, it's one thing to watch a 60 minutes or whatever about it or read an article or a book or, but it it becomes very, 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 very real when it knocks on your door. Heck yeah. Um, And so it kind of went from, Hey, this is, this is a value that we, we just don't want to entertain right now. Yeah. um, Because of the, dangers that are out there to absolutely like a convict, you know, I'm convicted to, yeah. to protect my kids from that. Yeah. Um, and so we do, they, I mean, they get in and they watch YouTubes and, um, things like that, but it's very monitored. Yeah. Um, because of that experience. And again, it provided an opportunity to explain to them like, Hey guys, this is very, very real. What is out there? And it's a two way yeah. street. It's not just you interacting with something. It's, you interacting with something and then, mm-hmm. but there's somebody else on the other side or a lot of yeah. other somebody's on the other side that are trying to interact with you. Yeah. And, and that's where the danger exists. And more often than not, you'll be fine, but all it takes is once. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook. Um, I've actually cut back on it a lot because I found myself just getting on my phone and, mind-numbingly scrolling yeah. through, not yeah. even thinking about it. So um, this past year, I've really stepped back and um, trying to model for our children what it, like you can still be on social media in the appropriate ways to yeah. um, interact because we don't want to shelter them completely. We want to teach sure. them how to use it in a responsible way. But at the same time, I feel like it it is hard to monitor as much as you want to and as much as you try to. Yeah. You just can't be monitoring 24 seven. So yeah. you want them to make those own decisions about, um, making the right choices. So, I mean, we can't constantly have that struggle of giving them some freedom to be able to make their choices, but also at the same time, protecting them while they're in our care and, um, doing our job as a parent to try to do our best to protect them while they're under our roof, because eventually they're going to go out and make their own choices yeah. and make their own decisions that we can't shelter them from everything. So, um, just that balance of trying to teach them how to, um, use social media responsibly, but also not just give them over to it completely. So it's definitely a struggle and we're still figuring it all out and don't have it all figured out yet. For sure. And you, and you may not want to talk about which is totally fine, but would like just to see, like, I'm assuming some, like your daughter was on YouTube or some social media and some random dude messages her, uh, and, tr- and mm-hmm. to try to start a conversation interaction, which obviously yeah. Yeah. their desire we know is if you're messaging a middle school student or a child, um, th- there's no way there's a God honoring, uh, desire. This is, this is not good. So I'm, I'm assuming it was something like that, that had happened. Right. And it was actually <clears throat> just Pinterest. Um, okay. ironically. Like, oh, wow. I didn't um, even know you could you, message on Pinterest. I didn't either. So yeah. I'm well, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a man, so I'm not on Pinterest. Exactly. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was on Pinterest and she had posted that, um, we, we had a dog for a long time, Max that passed away. Um, and she just posted on there that, yeah. you know, 
And so, you know, a random individual sends a message like, oh, my dog just died. You know, I'm, you know, a 13-year-old, 14-year-old boy, you know, all that stuff. And just try to connect with her. And there yeah. was some exchange, you know, back and forth. And, um, you know, then Asking we get the question. Then we get the question right there of where where are you located? Oh, boy. Yeah. And then, it, I mean, thank the Lord that she didn't answer that question. And, and yeah. the, the alarm bell sounded off in her mind. Um, at that point. Um, and so that led to a lot of conversation on like, it was literally right there. Um, which scares you to death as a parent. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think of all these physical perils, um, and and all these things, but then like that is, you know, it's not knocking on your door physically. It, it, they could be miles away and then all of a sudden really, really close like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, as a father, I, I don't think I've ever been more scared because mm. like, how do I, how do I prepare my children for this? How do I prepare for this? Yeah. Um, and thankfully, um, it was like linked to my account. She was just using my account. So, yeah. um, in the middle of the night, I, I got a message through email that this guy had sent a message. So I was like, I, otherwise I probably wouldn't never known. So for we sure. were like, you know, thank you Lord for bringing this yeah. to our attention because, it gave us an opportunity to talk to her about it. So we really try to talk with our children. Like yeah, even good. if we're disappointed by a choice they made, just talking through it with them and making sure like they understand like this could have happened, you know? Yeah. And so trying to give them enough information of what's really out there without, you know, yeah, for sure. telling them everything, but making them realize like your choices have consequences yeah. and some can be avoided. Some, you know, um, yeah. no, that's good. Not it, so much. So, and, and also providing that that avenue to have the conversation about, you know, with her specifically, and then ultimately with her other kids uh, on a lower level. But, you know, the, who are the people that you can really, really count on? Yeah. And it's not the friends on Facebook. It's not the followers. It's not any of that. It's you know, it's probably a handful of people that you know, you know, no matter what happens, what time of day it is. Yeah. You pick up the phone, you know, they're going to answer and you know, they're going to respond Yeah, and you know that they're going to be, be there for you. And it doesn't matter. No other circumstances matter. Yeah. Um, and you know, so making that very clear to her that, you know, we need, you need to see things through that lens that yeah. I've got a handful of people and I can pick up the phone and I can call them. I don't have to message. I don't have to put something on a board to get a response. So. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, and, when I watched this documentary on YouTube, the social media dangers documentary, it was eye opening to me because as a dad, like to physically protect my family, uh, is, is a little easier. I feel like than protecting my family with the online stuff. And even so the statistical chances, it's quite, it was quite fascinating how they, t- you know, cause used to, you ride your bike to school and you'd run around until dark and you know, and you come home and it's not dark and you know, parents are like, why are you home? Like, get out of here. Go Mm -hmm. like, I mean, that was just the culture. And then nowadays it's like, I think if I let my daughter ride her bike to school, I'd probably have 50 people in my neighborhood who probably would text me and be like, bro, like you're letting your daughter like ride the bike to school. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, and so we tend to think that the, and the documentary talked a lot about this, which was very eye opening. but just that we think of the physical dangers, 
but there's a, the physical dangers are actually a lot less likely than the social media dangers that kids now face and teenagers now face. Like that aspect is way more prominent than the chances of your daughter being kidnapped and all of that. Like that's actually a lot less likely. Like it's similar to like, I feel like shark attacks, like mm-hmm. during the summer, it seems like everybody in the world gets bit by a shark because the news expresses it that way, but there's only mm-hmm. like seven cases, you know, right. I mean, I don't really know how many, <laughs> but there's not that many, right. but, it, but you would think that it happens all the time. And so just it was a very eye-opening thing for me and it was a hard thing for me to swallow so as a dad of you know littles i'm like yeah there's no way and and the thing i loved about in the documentary talked about like if you were to have it'd be like four magazines on your coffee table nobody has magazines anymore but (laughs) unless you're at the doctor's office and if one of them was a porno and the other three were maybe a I don't even know what magazine subscriptions there are. Um, but like, you know, let's say there's just four on the table and one of them is a, is a porn, pornographic magazine, the other three or whatever. Like, would you, would you put those four out and just assume that your kid would not look at all four? And so, and that's, and that's he, and the documentary that you were saying, that's what you're doing when you give your kid a phone um, when they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Right. And so anyway, so just, yeah, I appreciate you guys sharing that. What, what pushbacks have you had from your kids? I mean, we, in terms of when it comes to you guys making decisions about uh, being simply about Jesus and following the Lord, like has there been any pushbacks at all that you guys have, have experienced, like not wanting to go to church or not wanting to, or whatever it may be, but I know there's always pushbacks. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I think, you know, over when, when COVID came on the scene last year and, and the church adapted to, you know, providing um, online services where we could yeah. watch from home and that was, that was great. But you know, I still remember the first time that we came back to the courtyard and just like, like how that felt. Yeah. And that was different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so now we do get pushed back like, Oh mom, dad, do we have to go to church? We can just watch it on TV. And, you know, but ha- again, another opportunity to have a conversation with as to yeah. why, you know, coming together, why that's different, how that's different and why that's important. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that, that definitely has it, probably not every Sunday, but, you know, it seems like it does come up because yeah. of that, that convenience. But, you know, you know Christianity is not convenient. It's not easy. No, it takes not. effort. It takes intentionality. And so, yeah. um, you know, again, explaining that to them and teaching them that lesson over and over again um, is something that, you know, not only do we have to learn that as parents, but also translating yeah. that down to, to them. Yeah. Would you guys be uh, in the camp where you would you would not stay home and watch online or you would rather be physically present or like how, how what kind of what's your guys' conviction on that? <clears throat> oh, I would, I would much rather be in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We like to see people and say hi and be there for the music and the, yeah. the preaching, you know, just being together with other believers yeah. is I think really valuable and we missed it over the summer and yeah. you know, the time that we weren't able to be in person, we really missed it. So yeah. Um, has it been like a temptation for you guys at all to just say, well, it's easier if we just wake up and just watch it at home? Like, is that a, it, a temptation for you guys at all? It's not for us because well, technically I'm a pastor here. So I kind of, <laughs> but, but even if like, even during that COVID season, it, well, it was hard for us because we had, we were fostering twins. We had four kids. So to watch mm-hmm. something on TV with four littles, like I, there's a lot of, I would rather go through a lot of torture experiences mm-hmm. instead of doing that. Like it just, we didn't, we didn't get anything out of it. Like we were watching and, and honestly there were times where I'm like, I'm not watching this. Mm-hmm. Like I just, cause I'm not getting anything out of it and I would listen to it later, but that's right. even, that's different. Like I'm not called to listen anyway. So just, uh, is that a temptation at all for you guys to sometimes like, well, let's just 
because in my opinion, I would, I would flat out say that many families are staying home and watching online uh, out of convenience. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm outside perspective looking, I don't know. I know that there's some families who are more at risk and all those things. I'm not negating and I'm not downplaying any of that. But I think our culture right now, a lot of families are, let's say, let's take the easy route mm-hmm. and let's just watch online. And that's not how scripture describes church um, in the book of Acts. So, Well, I mean, I think we there are times like where we wake up in the morning and it's like, ah, you know, okay, we do need to go. But then you, you feel that conviction inside. Like I I'm modeling this for my kids. Um, yeah. there's you know, a lot of I know growing up, you know, my parents were, 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 Hey, we need to go to church. And yeah. thankfully so, um, you know, and that was just, that is what you did on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and that was modeled for me. And so I feel that that's important or we feel that's important to model it for our kids too. Yeah. Um, to put that in their toolbox, um, you know, and again, like you said, I mean, there, there's people out there that, that may for reasons not come, but yeah. you know, I, we, you know, when the church did start meeting back in person, like we felt it important to, and, and worth it to, yeah. you know, whatever those risk factors may be that to model that for our kids and for us to, interact with other believers in person and see smiling faces and things of that nature like that um superseded any of that stuff in our opinion for sure yeah yeah i think it was definitely harder to um pay attention and not be like i'm gonna go you know start a load of laundry or do the dishes like it was hard to sit on the couch and all of us pay attention so i think when we come we get more out of it and are able to fellowship with other believers and just have our kids there more present as well um and usually once they get to church it's like fine yeah it's like getting them in the car and for sure you know when we're out of town or something it's nice to be able to still watch it and hear it so that has been a been a definite definite plus but as far as you know most of the time we definitely prefer coming in person and yeah yeah. no uh, us too yeah we're um i don't want to be at home <laughs> i just <laughs> yeah. i want to see people and right. i want to see the church and so wh- what are some of the easy things that it's been for your guys' family to to keep the focus of being simply about jesus like what's some of just the easiest things that have come naturally for you guys in your family and for your kids and building those rhythms into your guys' life specifically i think since jeremy and i both grew up in a christian home it was just really what we knew i mean we just um thankfully didn't have a childhood of not really knowing the Lord. So I feel like we've been able to just teach, teach our children since they were born, you know, singing Jesus loves me at bedtime and, um, or throughout the day, it's just normal part of our life, just talking about Jesus. And, um, I know that's not the case for everyone, but for us, it's just been kind of our everyday life. Just he's there. He's in our family. He's in our home. Um, he's what our family is centered around, whether we, um, get it right all the time or not. It's just, it's just how it is. I mean, and I feel like they've just grown up hearing the word of God. And, um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would echo that, that, you know, growing up with in a Christian home, I mean, that is invaluable, um, to be in that atmosphere where you're engaging, um, with the church consistently and then, you know, developing that personal relationship with the Lord and then, you know, wanting that to be generational. Um, yeah. Again, tying back to those books that mentioned earlier, like it talks a lot about that as embracing what 
the Lord has called you as a father to lead your home. Yeah. Um, that you're discipling your children and you're preparing them for, um, you know, and hopefully, hopefully fostering that same atmosphere where they, um, the Lord calls and moves into their heart and, and yeah. they develop that personal relationship. Um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily qualify it as easy, um, but yeah. I mean, just having that natural organic um, interaction uh, and then, you know, it even extends beyond us. Like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, mentors, people that have been there outside of your parents. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that community that you surround yourself with, um, who's in that group and, and, you know, all those types of things, again, are just other avenues that give your kids the opportunity to, you know, see God. Yeah. On the flip side, it can be um, something that you take for granted, like just assuming they know know the Lord instead of being intentional. Yeah. So we do have to work on that too. Like just because Jeremy and I have a relationship with the Lord, they have to have their own relationship with him. And it can't be something that we pass on. You know, it's their own relationship they have to work work out. And yeah. um, so just being intentional of like pray, praying with them and um praying for their salvation and yeah, just keeping it a daily thing, you know, not, not like, Oh, they already know the Lord we're done. You know, it's a daily thing that we have to talk about and pray about. And yeah. And that's the thing I love about church is because a great reminder for me every week, I don't know, I started a couple of years ago where, where, you know, our kids are in the service with us and, and so I'll be holding Paisley because you know, I mean, she's getting bigger now, but I'm like, oh, well, there's going to become a day when she's 16 and if I'm holding her during church, this is weird. So it feels, she's just getting heavier. And so I don't hold her as much, but, but almost every Sunday I'll be like, Hey, like Paisley, do you love Jesus? Or like, are you? And so she kind of made a, a profession of faith a, f- a few, well, maybe a month ago now um, with my wife and kind of leading her to the Lord and stuff. And so now it's, and I have doubts as a dad because she's so young. Um, and and so uh, we talked about, like, I need you to memorize the Romans road before you're going to get baptized. And that's, I don't have a Bible verse to back up. That That's mm-hmm. just kind of what the Lord put on my heart. And so so having those reminders in church for me are helpful to to be intentional about asking my kids. If I didn't go to church, if I wasn't involved in a corporate body, like, uh, like I don't know if I'd have that reminder. I don't think I would get that at home. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, has it ever been what, like maybe some of the tension, like possibly in your guys's marriage, has there been like differences that you guys have had? My wife and I pretty much disagree on everything. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. We're both very strong willed and it doesn't matter if it's decision on where we're going to eat or if it's a major, whatever dis- we just kind of disagree on everything. So, uh, it's like all I know because <laughs> it's, 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 we married each other and we're making it work. But so has there ever been any tension where like one of you have wanted to do something to be simply about Jesus and the other was like, well, I'm not quite there yet. And like, how, how did you guys kind of figure and work that kind of stuff out? And maybe not, but just I'm assuming you're both sinful and not right. perfect. And sure. so trying to figure things out as a married couple as well. Well, it, typically we say Jeremy's the head and I'm the heart. So I overanalyze everything. I don't okay. like making decisions where Jeremy like, it's like, we're doing this, you know, yeah. we're, we're going forward where I'm like, let's think about it. And, you know, so I think sometimes we struggle with, I don't want to make a decision yet. I want to think it over and pray it, pray about it. And Jeremy's like, I already feel like this, is the Lord, what the Lord's telling us to do. Yeah. Um, thankfully we, we are pretty much aligned with, 
um, what we believe and how we see things. It's more just getting to that point, you know, um, can be a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost sometimes do a fault, like I'm ready to go and I don't really have all the details. I haven't really thought it through, but Hey, let's, you know, let's get in there and let's, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Courtney does balance me in that, in that, Hey, well, you thought about this and then it, it, well, I haven't really thought about that. So, yeah, you know, so it is, you know, it's a good balance. Um, I mean, we don't agree everything on the first go. We talk through a lot of things and, um, you know, ultimately come to the decision that we do. But, um, you know, we've had, again, both of our parents, you know, we saw that modeled. Like they didn't always yeah. agree every time. They didn't always, um, you know, weren't always on the same page, but they all tried to get on the same page. And I think seeing that effort modeled for us, you know, that's how we do it is we may not be on the same yeah. page today, but as long as we are both trying to move to find what that same page is, that that's important. And again, yeah. you know, I'm sure that our, our children are picking up on that too. And we do try to say, you know, let's pray about it because a lot of times we tend to make decisions before thinking really to pray about it. And yeah. I mean, I remember my parents modeling that for, for me. I mean, I would still to this day, I call them and say, what, what should I do about this? And they're like, well, have you prayed about it? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they constantly remind me where I'm like, can you just give me an answer? And they're like, pray about it, pray about it with Jeremy and talk about it with Jeremy and the Lord will give you wisdom if you ask for it. And yeah. so that, I think over the f almost 15 years of being married, we've definitely learned that like we can really get into trouble when we just try to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. And so even teaching um, our children, you know, let's stop and pray about it. And I'm always amazed and surprised how the Lord really does give you direction and wisdom when you ask for it. Cause I think I can figure it out or Jeremy can figure it out. We'll figure it out. But when we stop and pray about it, I really do feel like we get the guidance and direction that we need. So, um, I used to get kind of frustrated with those answers, like pray about it, you know, but that, I think that's really helped us in our marriage and our parenting, like praying yeah. about decisions, like for sure schools or, um, what choices to make for our kids. Yeah, no, that's good. Would there be anything you guys would like wish you would have done or things? I, sometimes I don't like asking this question cause it's like, well, I mean, the Lord has moved. You've, you've made mistakes. You've done great. Like it's just, we're, it's just living life. So you can't, and you can't go back. But if, but if, if there was a younger couple that maybe has a newborn and they said, you know, Jeremy, uh, Courtney, what, what advice would you give us to make sure that we in our home, as we raise this child to seek the Lord, how do we be simply about Jesus? Like if they're fresh, they, they don't know, you know, they're on this journey. What wisdom or advice would you give them specifically? I mean, uh, I think a lot of what kind of we've said um, where, you know, you, you center everything that you do, um, on, on the Lord and, yeah. and, you know, that you love the Lord more than even each other. And, and mm. because you love the Lord, you love, you know, your, your significant other. Yeah. Um, and then you love your kids because that's an example, right? And then, then the Lord has blessed you with that child, um, and has charged you with, uh, simultaneously charged you with fostering that child yeah. in the ways of, of the Lord and, and, and training up that next generation. Yeah. Um, and really making that the focus and, uh, you know, it's not always easy. It's what, what is the saying? Yeah. Uh, stumbling in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but as long as you and your wife, 
you know, as long as we're both struggling in the right direction and struggling towards the Lord, then, you know, I don't want to say everything else falls into place, but, you know, making that the focus does help in all of those things, in all those decisions, in all those um, trials. Um, it, it pulls you together. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and I think just knowing, like, you're not going to be a perfect parent and you're not raising perfect children, so yeah. you're not going to do it perfectly. So yeah. just knowing that you're going to make mistakes raising your kids and learning from them and just... I mean, we tell our kids, as no matter what you do in life, as long as you love the Lord and love others, you know, yeah. everything else will just kind of fall into place. And just putting yeah. that on the forefront of their mind, whatever career you have or whatever grades you make, you know, is, our focus should be loving the Lord and loving others. And we don't always get it right, but we definitely do try to um, do our best in that. Yeah, for sure. It makes me think of the passage, Matthew six thirty three. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so focusing on the Lord mm-hmm. and he's going to provide for his uh, family. Uh, is there any specific, like I'm, I'm kind of a goals person, but is there any specific goals or things that you guys, like as you look ahead, as you're into the future and as you're raising your kids and your family and trying to be simply about Jesus, is there things that you hope to do in the future um, uh, if that's certain lifestyle or certain values that are, that you're looking at ahead to make sure that you keep your family simply about Jesus and keep things at home simply about Jesus. And not that it has to be like a, and I don't necessarily mean a goal of like, you know, memorize 85 verses of the Bible or whatever, but just certain things that you, as you see your family and the trajectory of how things are going, is there certain things that you're like, I'd really love to see this happen in our family um, or in our kids' lives or our marriage as we continue to seek after the Lord in the future? I mean, it may, may sound simplistic, but I mean, just that the Lord would use us to give our kids the opportunity to to meet and know him yeah. and really see that grow in them. Um, you know, and then from there it kind of just goes across everything that we do, you know, it, and it, as a father it's like, is what, is what I am doing and how I'm conducting myself and what I'm doing and what I'm prioritizing. Is it, is it giving them an example of that? Hmm. Um, yeah. and, and kind of tying it back to that very core principle of like, I, I need to be doing everything I can to show my kids my relationship with the Lord yeah, and, and then our relationship with the Lord. So, uh, yeah, it's not really, a, I guess, a, a long-term splashy no. goal. But, no, that, that um, it's a very biblical one. So, yeah. And I think, too, um, the struggle of raising a daughter and then two sons, just how you raise them differently. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I would just love to see their relationship with the Lord become their own and something that um, just grows over time daily. Um, And then just raising our sons to be godly men and um, loving the Lord and loving others. And um, our daughter also, um, as she gets older, we're just praying for a godly man, you know, if that's what the Lord has for her and just... um, so, yeah, that's really what it comes down to for us is just having a relationship yeah. with the Lord. Yeah, for sure. Have your any of your kids at this point made decisions to be followers of Christ, um, you know, in the stage of life that your kids are in? Um, our two oldest, Taylor and Kyle, um, have both been baptized. Um, I've had the privilege of baptizing yeah. both of them. And, um, 
you know, again, it's a process. Um, and, and they're growing in that just as much as we're growing in it, um, to this day. And, um, our youngest, you know, again, he knows the Bible verses and, and, and says the right things. And, and we just pray that, that, you know, in the Lord's timing that, that, you know, he makes a profession of faith as well. Yeah. Um, and, and continues, continues to grow in that. Um, you know, and it, and it's hard, um, you know, not being in control of that at all. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, everybody's best efforts to try and provide an atmosphere. doesn't guarantee that result. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but w- we do our best to at least provide an atmosphere for that to occur. Yeah. Um, and pray that, that it does. For sure. Any other last minute thoughts or things that you guys would like to share with those who are listening? I mean, again, we, we're in no way, shape, or form perfect. Um, you know, I can give testimony to that. Actually, yeah, I'm just, absolutely. I'm just kidding. Um, but you know, again, it's it's about being in that community to to hold each other accountable for what the Lord calls us to do. Yeah. Um, and if you have that support group, you know, knowing like Courtney said that you're going to fail, we're going to fail miserably. Yeah. Um, but having those people around you that are going to pick you back up and catch you when you fall and 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 also model these things for your kids is, is just, I mean, it's infinitely important. Yeah. Um, and you know, so, and again, constantly be pushing yourself as parents, um, to, you know, what is God, what is God calling me to do as just that basic father or mother? Yeah. Um, and, and as, you know, husband and wife, what is God calling you to do? And, and then how does that trickle down to everything else? Yeah. That's good. And I would probably just say being present with your children is so Mm -hmm. important. Like, um, you know, just being there as parents, I think speaks just volumes of the love of Jesus, just being, you know, there with them. And, um, like if my daughter's up, if, if she's upset about something, she's not allowed to do or something, I just try to give her a space and then go and sit with her and talk with her and hug her. And she, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't want to talk, but eventually she kind of pours everything out. So just taking that time where sometimes I just want to go to something else or I'm busy, but just stopping what I'm doing and taking the time to sit with them and talk with them and try to hear their heart. And, um, I'm always amazed at how much they end up pouring out when you just sit with them and listen to them. So I've, I've, I've been finding that lately. Like even if I feel so busy, like I don't have the time, it's so valuable to be present with them. Yeah, no, that's good. Jeremy, would you mind praying for our Austin Oaks church families that they would value um, having Jesus be the uh, center of their families and their homes. And as they try to be simply about Jesus, uh, it'd be great if you could pray for our families. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for, for this opportunity to, um, just share a little bit about um, how we try and prioritize you in our lives. And we just ask that you would just be with this church family, um, that you would call us to be the parents um, that you call us to be, um, and that we would strive for that, um, and that we would support each other in striving for that and understand that it's it's a, it's paid every day, um, and that you would just guide us and give us wisdom in all the decisions that we make, and uh, that you would just continue to bless us immensely through each other. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, guys, for being on with us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today, and we'll see you all next time.